So the important thing is we're in Fargo in a haunted hotel. <laughs> <laughs> we just heard the ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> there is jingle jangling of haunted bells going down the hallway. And you're like, you said you were, you were too scared to look or you just didn't get there. I didn't want to look. I was scared. Okay. I looked because <laughs> I'm brave like that. And there was no one there. I didn't see anyone. That's creepy. Except for the random fucking workbench that's in the middle of the hallway of this hotel, which is no reason to be there. Maybe it was the ghost of a tambourine player who died here <laughs> on tour. Tambourine players don't tour. They stay home. You don't, <laughs> you don't get to do the road as she a tambourine. Was, she was really good. All right. Maybe she was a tambourine, tambourine uh, breakout star. But yeah, and there's a there's this lone. I'm glad you saw him also because I thought I'd be imagining him otherwise. This lone, sad homeless man who sits on the bench out front of the hotel, and you said he, he does like a shift because he was here yesterday. He does. Uh, he smokes his cigarettes and he does a shift, and I don't, right. I don't know. He just looks like sadness incarnate. Yeah. And then he was gone last night, and then he's back again today. Back for in a shift. spot. Yeah. In a shift. What, what did you say? There's, it's a fine hotel. Thank you, Fargo, for giving us this hotel. But it's weird. There's a, the pool was like, the hot tub was drained, and the pool is out of order. Rich, whatever. It's a sham. <laughs> I, I, Kristen brought always, swimsuit for hot tub. I did. There's always those hotels that are like, oh. Our pool's out of order. Your pool's been out of order for five years. Yeah. Get your shit together. Get it together, man. And we drove by a, a mocking you hotel that said five hot tubs. Five hot tubs. Five. Who the fuck has five hot tubs in a hotel? That's weird. You're flaunting them. Just being hot tub rich. We no, call our, that. Uh, our hotel is definitely a center for an underground economy. <laughs> you said that. I nailed it. That's exactly correct. Yeah. But we're happy to have it. And the oh, my show, God. The beds are so nice. The beds are great. I like it. And the doors lock. And the underground economy is quiet. Yeah, that's it. If you're going to have an underground economy in a hotel, be polite. Yeah. yeah so thank you. Uh, and the shows last night at the cellar in Fargo were wonderful. I show. love Fargo. I never want to leave here. We're living here now. <laughs> I have to fly away no. tomorrow. We live here. Best Friends here. Club in Fargo. Yeah, that's it. Uh we're going to start our own underground economy, a secondary economy. Everywhere has lavender. Yeah, that's... Okay, so what started this lavender jazz of yours? Because explain... You're drinking flowers. I don't know, actually. I just... <laughs> you know, like a year ago, I had it on something, and I was like, this is the best flavor I've ever had. And so now, whenever I get coffee, I see if they have it, and I'm drinking flannel fizz lavender soda from Fargo. And I should mention that you bought that at a farmer's market and it's in one of those old timey yield opium bottles that yeah. like sold off a horseback. There's some opium in it <laughs> for your bones. Flannel fizz. <laughs> Feels what ails you. Yeah. Mm. And their farmer's market, I loved it because it was like 40 degrees out. It was kind of, it was freezing. And it's fucking cold. It was just like listening to music and shopping and like, oh, are our signs blowing over for the frigid yeah. cold? It's okay. It's like, we're in Fargo. <laughs> we li literally saw a woman get blown out of her shoes. Yeah, she fell. She fell and her shoe blew off and floated down the alley. Uh, and Fargo's Farmer's Market goes for two more weeks. And they're uh, like, yeah. Yeah, we they're got tough to see. As hell. I love it. Yeah, the kids weren't wearing jackets and shit. Yeah. It's cold, man. What's wrong with people? I don't know. All right. I love Fargo. Yeah, I'm a delicate. 
I'm a delicate flower made for be crushed into soda for Kristen to drink. <laughs> and we saw alpacas. Yeah, and we went to Orange Records. Uh huh. And we ate schnitzel. Uh huh. It was amazing. Yeah, I got a glaze, an apricot and beer glazed ham sandwich, which will definitely take a year off my life, but it was mm, worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Um, what oh, else do we? I went to Barb's and bought a bunch of like <laughs> coffee and essential oils. It is a white lady paradise here. <laughs> Kristen supporting the Seattle economy in Fargo. <laughs> I'm a very special white lady. <laughs> um, but thank you to everybody who came out to the shows at the cellar last night. Thank you to Zach for bringing us out. The show was great. Oh my God, it's amazing. Super fun show. Mm-hmm. Eddie Pepitone will be there uh, this upcoming weekend. So if you're in the Fargo area, go to that show. Shows, shows on Friday and Saturday. Uh, but yeah, really cool spot. Uh, actually, in a cellar. Yeah, best crowd ever. Yeah, they're really good. So friendly, so happy, so quiet and attentive and like... And smart. Smart Mm. and drunk, but like not talking. Yeah, real good. (laughs) Real good. So yeah, highly recommend Fargo as a a hot new comedy place to go. I mean, it's terrible. Never come here, comics. Comedians, stay away. Stay stay away. (laughs) New York and LA are really cool. Kristen and... (laughs) Eddie Pepitone and I are the only ones allowed to do shows in yeah. Fargo. And the Fargo Theater. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. brings us kind of the... So this is the Swapcast. Uh, Kristen runs the Bloody Mary podcast. Well, explain what the Bloody Mary podcast is if people don't know. Bloody Mary is a podcast where we talk about the guest's favorite horror movie, and we dissect the themes in the movie, uh, usually through a lens of sexuality, feminism, class, race, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it wasn't my favorite horror movie, but I think we did The Invitation last time. Was oh, that what we, we did. did. So I thought you were going to say, it's not my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be doing it. I mean, granted, Kristen's time. okay. It's not my favorite podcast. I'd love to be doing uh, something else right now, but here we are. <laughs> we had 30 minutes to burn before this show tonight. <laughs> No, no, I was going to say, because uh, my favorite horror movie, I think, would be The Shining. Oh, just did that one with Genevieve Rice. Yeah, Genevieve's wonderful, and you had you had an experience, you went to see, and you, you're never dating again. What I'm happened? Never Explain dating again. what happened. Okay, so the theater in my town is playing classic horror movies all month, and one of them was The Shining, right. and I was like, oh my god, amazing, I'll go. And then, in that scene... Where Wendy and Jack are uh, fighting, and she's ch- he's kind of like slowly chasing her bat. up the stairs with the bat. bat, and he's mocking her. Like a ton of men in the audience laughed when he mocked her, and I was just like, "Ugh, men are garbage." Mm. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to defend that. But it wasn't about. Okay, so I know what you had thought. Right. Like it's the way she's swinging the bat, and yes. I guess Kubrick had asked her to swing the bat that way. But it was specifically when Jack went. Uh-huh. And mocked her, and all the dudes were like, <laughs> "Totally all in, Trump's America." Yeah, okay, yeah, because I I didn't really defend it, but I did, I was like, I remember watching it the first time. I was like, "What? Who who chokes up the bat and swings it halfway up like that? It's like a bad swing." Yeah, and you, you know, in the podcast, I talk about how when I saw it as a teenager, I was really irritated with Wendy, and I didn't understand her. She's like a doormat. Yeah, totally. And like, but like watching it as an adult, like realizing she represents more like the feminine idea of power and like standing in the face of someone who is doing that to you. And like, she was really strong. Um, So um, Wendy's the hero of that film. I'm sorry for (laughs) discrediting her the first time as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but we got to eat, since you're on the cusp of everything that's hip and cool, as you <laughs> said the other night, when we saw The O.C.'s, which was also super Oh, my rad. God, yeah. It was a wonderful show. Um, O.C.'s now. Just, yeah, that How bothers me. The band now, it's, uh, I went and saw O.C.'s. So, yeah, fucking so knock it off, obnoxious hipster bullshit. <laughs> Called The O.C.'s. Then, you know, we're just going to go buy OCs now. So I have to say, I went and saw the OCs, and now it sounds wrong. Fucking. Yeah. You pick a name, you're stuck with a name. They were great, though. That, that was a very good show. Yeah, it was a good show. Oh, and there was a werewolf by us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ghosts and werewolves. Hell yeah, October. Yeah, it was a rock and roll werewolf. This old man just singing along to guitar solos. Uh-huh. Going, woo! Like the ghost of R.L. Burnside. Yeah. That every time. He just leaning, going, woo! He did. I've never seen someone put their index finger in the air and wave it about. <laughs> he kept saying, "Come on, come on, come on, come on, get come some, on. do it, yeah." It was like it was like a cartoon. It was pretty neat. He ruled, but and we had to move away. He wouldn't shut up. I liked it. I, I liked how uncomfortable well, he made everyone else. But he didn't really make me uncomfortable. I was getting annoyed. Oh, it was the people. Okay, so they had this bullshit. V- okay, all venues, <laughs> VIP sections are bullshit. Yeah. Everyone should be allowed to have chairs if they want. Fuck your yeah. class of shit. Anyway, love first half, and there was <laughs> a VIP section with like these old stupid people sitting on their phones, uh-huh. sitting Vi- down. We can videotape because my knees don't have to work. I hate, put your fucking phone away and watch the concert. Yeah. Like, you can snap a picture or two. That's great. But you're going to watch that video ever? No, you're not. This is why Kristen and I get along really well and tour a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I get angry. She may drink car lavender, (laughs) but I got angry car mouth. (laughs) Avery Moore coined this thing called car mouth, which is if you've been on the road for like an hour... And you start pointing out and saying, verbalizing dumb signs like, oh, Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> oh, UPS store. And it's a car mouth. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just verbalizing things like a demented old person. <laughs> but I have like car rage mouth. You do. You, get, you say the signs, but you're angry about Oh, it. man. What was the billboard? I was like, I was mad at it. And I yelled. Smiley face. <laughs> it was, well, that was a different one. Some fucking psychopath. Put a giant, you know those smiley faces that had like the bullet hole in them back in the 80s? The t-shirt that like the, the, the witty kid and like Teen Wolf would wear? I used to have that shirt, but someone, the big smiley, don't worry, be happy face was in someone's yard. Like on a big sign. But that wasn't it. There was some smiley billboard. Have a good day, man. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't remember the billboard. Oh, there was some billboard for something. And I was like, ah, and just yelled at it. And then I was like, man, why am I angry about this? There's no reason. You were angry about a lot of signs, though, to be fair. I know. What's wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have a stroke. It's not good. It's not good. But let's talk. So we went to, uh, since Kristen is young and hip and on the the cusp of all the cool shit going on. knows how to work the internet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have a thousand hours on this CD. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> an AOL CD joke. I'm making an old... Pr- All right. Oh. CDs are the music of mommies and daddies. <laughs> I'm neither. <laughs> uh, so you found out there was a really cool old theater that was mm-hmm. showing uh, a movie called Lizzie, which is about Lizzie Boredom. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I think they restored it recently. They've got a nonprofit centered around it. Really cool theater. Uh, yeah. Also happening was a. Uh, <laughs> there was like 
Two hundred people there. Two hundred dueling pianos. At least two hundred. I don't understand people. Yeah, we went in and it sounded like the old Wild West was going down, like a saloon. And that's what a piano sounds like with my mouth. <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> Beethoven. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Hello, robot voice. <laughs> uh, and we said, "What the hell is going on there?" It sounded like Elton John and. It was dueling pianos. It was two bros, kind of radio morning bros, mm-hmm. doing songs. And... I remember walking in and thinking, I swear to God, if I hear all these happy people during my axe murderer movie, I'm going to be so pissed off. Oh, yeah. Because I went to the restroom and you went to like get a drink or something. And I met you in the theater and you had a face of like, okay, like bitter resolve. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Like, like your joyous piano better not infiltrate through these walls. Better but, hear that axe hitting the skull. <laughs> um, yeah, but it starred uh, Chloe Sevigny um, from. She's been in a million stuff, but, but she was in American Psycho, and uh, was she, she? Yeah, she was the oh. secretary in American Psycho. Wow, the, the semi love interest that Patrick Bateman like doesn't murder, but kind of wants to. Wow, I need to rewatch that. Oh, very good film. Um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart from the the Sparkly Twilight. Vampire movies. I just I, hopped on the bed. Twilight. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Actually. We're covering everything. We got blues, werewolves, sparkly vampires, and chain rattling hotel ghosts. Yeah, it's a spooky episode. <laughs> Very spooktacular. Oh. And the uncle, who it was the guy the from uncle. American Horror Story. Oh um, yeah, I don't watch that show, but the creepy. I, he reminded me of somebody from Deadwood. He's just like yeah. a gaunt. He looks like Ichabod Crane. With He's so good. Worst teeth. I should remember people's names. <laughs> I don't. It was well. It was a very ensemble cast. Like the actor. It had the uh, uh, from Law and Order: Criminal Intent. It had the uh, chief of police who wore the eye patch for the last few seasons before he left that that show. <laughs> We're getting so fucking specific and weird. I mean, if you know, then you know. If you don't, then fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's about Lizzie Borden and her. Dad, the jerk. Oh, yeah. Real sleazebag dad, who was the Law and Order dude, and uh, yeah, and um, so a lot of classism going on, for sure. I didn't know uh, about that Maggie thing that you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. So Bloody Mary, we go full on spoilers. So if you haven't seen Lizzie yet, go see it and then yeah. come back. Okay. Yeah. So apparently. The domestic workers that from Ireland were all called Maggie's. So, like, this woman, played by Kristen Stewart, had a name, but they were like, you're Maggie now. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's shitty. Yeah. Just dehumanizing, but also, you know, like, you, girl. It was like basically mm-hmm. the... But she gave her name... <coughs> was it Bernadette? Bridget. Bridget. To uh, Chloe Savigny, who played Lizzie Borden, and they became... Uh, secret lovers! <laughs> <laughs> friends beneficial friends yeah um overall i really like the movie they're a little problematic stuff just in terms of uh, like in retrospect after seeing i'm like well why so so it starts with lizzie borden going to the theater and having like uh, uh epileptic seizure mm-hmm. um and the doctors are like, you need to send her to a sanitarium and kind of laying the ground, I guess the grounds for her dad having a threat to send her away. Yeah. But then they never really flash back to the, her spells or whatever after that. It happened for like the first half hour of the movie and then they never addressed it again, which I thought was weird. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. um, there was a touch of like, well, the only way she would be a murdering 
woman is because she had this, her brain was off or whatever, oh, you maybe. know, and it kind of took away from the motivation of like, well, her de- parents were monsters. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of motivation <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That, I found that a little strange. Yeah, one thing that really stood out to me is just like the treatment of the domestic worker because I am on the board of an organization that represents domestic workers and day laborers. And I just want to point out, it wasn't until recently, like within the past five years, most states have worked past domestic worker bill of rights where domestic workers are now fully legally considered employees. So really? like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. Wow. I also would like to point out that uh, from now on, I'm referring to all of my features as Maggie's. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. So I look forward to doing more shows with Maggie Lighty. <laughs> Actually, that sounds kind of good. Maggie Lighty? Maggie that Lighty. sounds kind of good. I, know. I like it. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, Kristen Stewart, I thought everybody acted their ass off. Everybody did a really good job on the oh, acting yeah. front. It was so, like, the film itself was so, like, slowly paced to build tension. And, like, ah, it made me, like, in the beginning, I got a little tense just watching it. Mm Because, like, the dad. Let's talk about the dad. He's such an asshole. Yeah, and a creep. Yeah, and a miser. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have, they didn't have electricity in the house Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to pay for it. Yep. And uh, he's just very controlling. Uh, He... And he's super rich. You should put that in there, too. Like, he just... Super rich, has a new mom, or has a new <laughs> wife, um, but is very, you know, like, they're just very rude to Lizzie, and they really, like, kind of like, hold her captive, really. Brutally Victorian, like, yeah. it's like, slave to standards of decency or whatever. Yeah, like, don't go out alone. Yeah, yeah, you're not an un- unaccompanied. You could get, uh, I don't know, accosted yeah. by a horse or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a real monster. And so there wasn't a whole lot of redeeming qualities about him. So it was – there's also this intrigue of he's getting threatening letters. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out his brother, the creep, has been leaving the threatening letters because he's trying to vie for having the will change. So he's the control of the money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the patriarchal aspect of, of how much men controlled everything was – hammered home pretty solid yeah and like they what i appreciate is that they alluded to the fact that he was assaulting maggie but they didn't like show it which i feel like is something a lot of films dive into all too gleefully is to like Like show that trauma of him like assaulting her yeah yeah and i think they did that in a really respectful poignant way yeah um well you know what's going on but like we don't need to see it again and again well that was good yeah that was super effective because a lot of times with like parental abuse setups it's either like carrie where it's like it's the the you know biblically batshit crazy lock in the closet you know nutsoid Mm -hmm. controlling abuse with a capital a whereas this was like the father never struck her really i mean he slapped her once but that was like a yeah. uh, they were in a heated argument type thing but he okay. wasn't really like physically abusive he wasn't uh let's see how to even word this but like but the, the psychological level like they she steals some jewelry and fences it and he finds out that it was lizzie who did it and so instead of like confronting her about it he goes and kills all of her pet pigeons and oh. then makes cooks them for dinner and let me just say, like, even aside from sexual assault, it, like, you murder my pets and serve them to me, I will kill you. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was fucked. Yeah. 
And, but I mean, that's like next level psychological abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you have a pet rabbit and they murder it and make you eat it. And like, ugh, no. Gnarly. Um, and we both had the same thought where the murders, like the bodies were uh, pretty viscerally displayed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whole axe to the face action. Um, but we both thought until like the later part of the film that they weren't going to, they were going to kind of chicken shit out and not show. The yeah. Murders. Cause they did it in a very like reverse timeline where they showed you the result, but then they pulled back and redid it in a really uh, artistic way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's funny, like the mom who was murdered, you really don't see her body much. It's really the dad that mm-hmm. is like on display. Like, yeah. and she even like comes back and puts a pillow under him and like, which I found, kind of odd and like right. and... i can kind of explain that now because mm-hmm. i went i went down a wikipedia wormhole this afternoon to kind oh. of like see like what's up first of all so you were researching and being profesh while i was sleeping. Uh, <laughs> y- yes <laughs> um i can't i'll be on a flower soda bender mm. you know uh but so they had photos in the wikipedia page if you go to the wikipedia page for lizzie borden of both the bodies and the mother was killed and face down on the floor, like exactly next to the bed or whatever. And the father was like on the sitting sofa or whatever. Um, and the uh, police investigation, whatever, determined they thought that he was actually asleep when he was murdered, which isn't the case in the movie. But he was like positioned like semi up with a pillow under his head on the couch because they said that when he was uh, attacked with the axe, his eyeball was sliced cleanly in two, yeah. which they said wouldn't happen if he was awake. Yeah. Um, which is pretty fucking gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the mom who died too, they said that the, she was hit once in the face and then fell down and then was hit 17 times in the back of the head with an ax. Yeah. That like scene where crazy. Lizzie was murdering her, it almost seemed like she was getting like gratification. Out totally. Of a lot of repressed shit going yeah. on. And she's naked. Yeah. So there's... Oh, the... let's talk about the new... Yeah, yeah. Yes. So take it away. Okay, so... Um, the, okay, so on, uh, on the basic level, I understand you don't want blood on your clothes, but uh, on this deeper level, I love that, like, they were being treated, uh, you know, kind of like... Well, well like, uh, Maggie was being treated subserviently, and um, Lizzie was just being repressed in this way. And then when they murder them, they're naked with the axe, and it just feels like, whoa! Straight, like, like, feral, and also, like, sexually awakened, like, crazy fucking fury. Like, here is this woman you are trying to suppress so hard, and just, like, in your face. And, oh, there's an axe. Yeah, yeah. It was was great. That was a a cool twist. Um, Especially for, um, you know, being so Victorian uh throughout the whole film and so demure and, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, stifled almost. And then just... Yeah, I was... uh, It did a really good job. It's the only other film in recent memory besides uh, It Follows that kind of... I was talking with a buddy of mine about that, and he said, the crazy thing about It Follows, which if you haven't seen, go check it out, uh, is that that's a movie on the surface about sexuality in a lot of different ways. It's like the concept is like it's a, you know, uh, a metaphor for an STD or whatever. Mm -hmm. He said, but the only nudity in that is used to terrify. Oh, yeah. You know, it's and, and I felt like that was the same in this because there's 
like you said, when the the father is like you know, uh, attacking the the housemaid, it's like implied, and you know you know what's going on, but they don't really show it. And even the the love scene between the two heroines is you know, it's I don't know, it's explicit, but it's not over the top like it's not raunchy it's, it's not it's raunchy actually very right. intimate yeah it was, like, it was well done yeah um but there's no nudity in that scene yeah and so for the only nudity to be like straight on blood splatter <laughs> orgasmic head axing was uh yeah, it was it, it was effective it's a real statement on our times yeah? <laughs> i think i'm just gonna do my set naked tonight and see what happens <laughs> you can strap in naked with an axe there you go you can't you won't extreme you better laugh <laughs> god damn it funny so yeah highly recommended and it stuck with me i was thinking about it it's one of those films i was thinking about more today i was thinking about the birds a lot yeah i don't know if i was reading too much into that i felt like there was a lot of bird metaphor but i may be wrong I feel like the pet birds kind of represented Lizzie in that, like, there's all these other birds and other women and other people out in the world that get to live and fly free, and her birds were, like, kept in a basement cage. Yeah, and also, via Wikipedia, that was true as well. He did oh. kill those fucking oh. her pet birds. Wow. Uh, which is nuts. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There was a couple, like, cutaway scenes of birds flying free like that. Mm-hmm. But also, when the two pigeons... When pigeons come back, like after he has killed the initial pigeons and other ones return, there was only two. And I oh. was like, oh, like her and the hell, yes. So. I'm sad that they didn't like run away together and like they were estranged from each other. But I guess, yeah. like, oh, remember that thing we did? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and awkward. Maybe he couldn't come through and do it. Lizzie had to finish the job. Mm-hmm. So maybe she felt betrayed. I don't know if she felt betrayed uh, or just half expecting it i don't know because mm-hmm. maggie was pretty like on that level shaky from the get-go like the whole time yeah. she seemed like yeah it was an interesting conversation too like in the like dissecting class because lizzie felt entitled to so many things whereas maggie had said i'm happy to just have a job mm-hmm. you know um so mm-hmm. perhaps in that way lizzie felt she was stronger and could do it mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other stuff too i mean the wouldn't well the concept of, oh, when I get out of prison, we'll live together and we can whatever. And she's like, you're dreaming. Because at the yeah. time, that was not an option as far as, like, being out <laughs> as yeah. a couple yeah. at all. So um, that may also go back to the, you know, I don't care what people think because I'm rich. And the, other, yeah. the lower class being like, well, that's cool, but I'll get hung, you yeah. know, as a, you know, abomination or whatever the father called her. One of my favorite quotes in the movie, they were like, Lizzie, does your father have any enemies? And she was like, he's a man in America with a heartbeat. He's got it. Everyone, Everyone has, has enemies. enemies. It's like, yeah. ooh. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, she got let off for the murder because no woman could possibly commit such a horrific. I could never. <laughs> Fiddly D. Yeah. Fiddly D. I'm going to upload this <laughs> so when I'm murdered by Maggie Kristen, Maggie Lighty. Yeah. No names. No names. Uh, you know who did it. She has motive. What's your motive? <laughs> I'm you now. Okay. <laughs> see, see me tomorrow in Colorado. Uh, 
So cool. So thanks for being on these shows. It was super Hell fun. Yeah, this has been so fun. And Altercation Fest was so fun. Thank you for being and there. Everything has been so fun. You're a great friend. I'm all about fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's always a blast to work with you. And so we'll do more shows in the new year. You have excited. Talk about your room because oh. you're in Green Bay and you have a monthly room now. So talk. Yeah, about Green Bay, Wisconsin. First Wednesday of the month, fan club comedy at the Green Room. Um, trying really to like bring in independent touring comics, people that I love and admire to bring, you know, like different narratives to the area because, you know, it's Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, so we're not uh, we're not an entirely diverse crowd. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said Whitney Chitwood there, which is great yes. on all those counts. Whitney Chitwood, She's Carly wonderful. Ballerini, Rena Calm, um, uh, Joe McMahon we had come up there. Uh, this month we've got Sonal Agarwal and David Zoleon coming. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So where can people keep up on all that stuff? Do you have a website? or Yeah. Sort of- uh, you can check out KristenLighty.com for those shows and my podcast. And you can also follow me on Twitter at KristenLighty and at Fan Club Comedy Wisconsin. W-I. Yay. Yep. Yay. And coming soon at Maggie at Murder <laughs> at Naked. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what you're talking about.